Welcome to Behind the Scenes with Brian, the podcast covering everything from engineering, mining, and mine waste management to whatever else may be on our minds. Pop in your headphones and don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share. And now, here is your host, Brian Ulrich. Hey everyone, this is Brian and this is Behind the Scenes with Brian and today I am joined by the Executive Vice President of Step Gold, Anil Varch. Anil, uh, how are you? I'm good, Brian. Uh, good. How are you? Yeah, really well, thanks. And uh, we're recording this during the pandemic that we mostly thought was in, in the final days, but it's um, some sort of resurgence. So where where are you residing right now? Where are you sitting? Yeah, I'm I'm in Toronto, in Toronto, Canada, where where I've been for the last year and a half. Uh, fortunately, <laughs> I guess yeah. keeping safe with family. Um, yeah. yeah, like you said, uh, COVID is uh, certainly not behind us as yet. Um, you're seeing the, uh, the the additional waves, I guess, across the world, in both in, in Asia, Europe, and now I'm still back in North America. So, still have some work to do, but I think. Uh, as vaccinations continue to increase, we'll we'll see that light again at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, I think so too. And uh, some of the biggest disruptions, other than the obvious health and, and life issues, are the disruption of international flights. And I've got a lot of clients around the world, and your mine sites are not exactly in Toronto. So hopefully, planes start flying again soon, and we can get back to life as normal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anil, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, your education. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm more of a finance background. Um, I completed my MBA at the Goodman Institute uh, of Investment Management at the uh, John Molson School of Business uh, at Concordia University in Montreal, um, which they actually had a Toronto campus. Uh, for about 16 students a year. Uh, that's where I kind of cut my chops into finance and actually got a co-op uh, at the Dundee Group of Companies, which was uh, uh, Dundee Wealth Management at that time. And the Dundee Group of Companies are big resource investors globally uh, in, in the mining resources uh, space. Uh, so I, I basically cut my chops there, uh, started there as an analyst and kind of moved my way around the organization and end up uh, uh, my last role at the Dundee Group was uh, an investment banker. So my last role as an investment banker there, uh, which I kind of uh, kept with and started up my own uh, advisory uh, business called Akma Capital Markets. And that's basically me originating uh, deals and, and, and advising clients in the resource space. So mining a little bit of oil and gas and agriculture. And uh, along along the way is when you know I got uh, involved with actually uh, not, not only advising, but actually becoming a principal in, in a mining company. And that's why we're speaking, uh, Step Gold. So uh, I've been involved uh, in Step Gold as a, as a full-time since the end of 2016, setting up the company privately here with no assets and the intention of building uh, a, a precious metals company focused on Mongolia. Uh, so, so I transitioned from, I guess, capital markets to now entrepreneur, owner, and uh, company builder with my colleagues. Yeah, 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 that's terrific. Now, how many properties are you actively engaged with right now? Yeah, so STEP currently has two properties. So uh, we have our, our flagship asset, which is the ATO project, 
which is uh, one of two projects we purchased in 2017 as a private company. And uh, the ATO project is the first project we put into production. So it's now in commercial production. So we bought it in 2017 when the markets weren't uh, weren't too strong, especially for precious metals. People weren't focusing on it. In 2018, we listed the company again when markets still weren't open and uh, we were actually the only IPO on the main board of the Toronto Stock Exchange in 2018. So it was a very wow. tough time. We're, we're, I guess we're used to challenges. So we did raise the money um, <laughs> and we used that capital to build our first mine. So that mine came online again in April 2020 in a very tough time because we were in the first wave of what yeah. we talked earlier of COVID. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, where you couldn't travel if you wanted to, you couldn't even get in the country uh, if you wanted to. So uh, that asset is now in production and we've actually doubled the size of the resource. So when we bought it from uh, Centera Gold, it's about 1.2 million ounces. Today it sits at 2.45 million ounces and we've barely scratched the surface. But by taking a phased approach that allowed us to generate cash flow, execute, employ in country, pay taxes in country, uh, actually educate uh, and, and, and convert unskilled to skilled labor force um, and become a royalty payer to the government as well. So a lot of good things you know, establishes us as a base to then grow. So that's the ATO project that will continue to grow into an expansion. Uh, later this year, we'll start construction on that and that will be a much bigger mine underneath and we'll keep growing that through expiration. The second project is a very large expiration license about 1500 kilometers away. So there's no synergies between the two assets, mm. but that's very exciting expiration license that's never been drilled by anyone so we're the first owners we acquired that jointly with the provincial government down there so we really know how to navigate the country and um, we, we acquired that and have done some early stage expiration work and this year hopefully in a matter of weeks we're actually going to start drilling there for the first time ever so that's some very exciting opportunity because that's a in a new gold district and province where another company has had a lot of success right to our border so they have they have the adjoining licenses to the north and south and we're not going to admit them we just we just didn't have the time or money to focus on that until we got the mine the first mine up and running and, and yeah. start to generate cash to now grow our business yeah, yeah yeah that's good so i don't know if a lot of people are acquainted with mongolia and their mineral wealth yep. just just to give us an idea what 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 is their mineral wealth yeah. like? What are, what are the resources like there? Sure. So uh, Mongolia is is, is 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 certainly endowed with with resources across uh, coal, copper, precious metals as well. Uh, that's their number one GDP driver, number one employer. Uh, it's actually home to world class discoveries and mines. So the Oyetogoy mine, as that expansion completes in the next couple of years, that will be the number I believe three or four copper mine in the world. So you can make a world class discovery. And you can build a world-class tier one mine. Uh, yeah. Rio Tinto operates that. So uh, certainly it's home to, to big opportunities, uh, but it's relatively underexplored. And that's really the advantage that we think we have by, by going in there and focusing on precious metals where not a lot of companies have. It's already, we know there's a lot of copper. And with that usually comes a lot of precious metals, just like, you know, comparing it to like an Ecuador and Peru. It's the size of probably both those countries put together. Both those com companies uh, countries are definitely resource endowed, uh, have world-class copper and gold assets in production and, and usually come together. So uh, certainly a, a great opportunity with the support of government now. Uh, you know, for those who don't know Mongolia, it's a, it's a former Soviet satellite country. So they gained independence. It's a functional democracy, probably one of the best functioning democracies out of those uh, former countries. Um, and in the early 90s gained independence. 
so you know they're still kind of new right and so through normal growing pains you have changing governments but now you have a very supportive government that's pro mining pro foreign investment and i would say pro our team because we do things we, we buy we buy properties and we invest in them and we employ we we we, we uh, you know we we uh, uh, train talent talent and, and promote from within so we we actually consider ourselves a mongolian company listed on the tsx that's why our ceo is mongolian half our board of mongolian and there's such a great talent pool in country that 99 of our workforce in country are mongolian so as i mentioned with the travel restrictions and all that stuff last year in a very tough time we actually still started production for the first time ever with our 100% local skilled team so that's that proves that the 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 skill set exists or, or or can be trained in country so that's a, a great opportunity it's a landlocked country between russia and china um and like i said is is still early days in terms of uh resource wealth and extraction and uh if you do things properly you'll you'll gain the support and and so our team has actually already built a company about a decade ago it was a coal company so our, our executive chairman and ceo worked together on, in that company and, and our executive chairman founded that company and he sold that company for half a billion cash after listing it in, in 2010 he sold it for uh, half a billion dollars cash in 2011 same model there's 300 employees upon that sale only three were expats including himself so he made and you know, there were a lot of mongolian investors and of course so everyone everyone won on that on the back of that so we know how to navigate the country um and uh and do things properly and that's why we have the support by by doing by doing so yeah and it must be attractive to countries like mongolia that you you um uh, follow the the uh, mac guidelines when you're mining elsewhere absolutely yeah absolutely yeah yeah yep. so uh you know I mean, we 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 western standards are applied to everything we do so the quality of our operation today is very safe from an environmental perspective safe for our employees We've never had any issues uh, or or downtime there so that's always been our number one uh concern is keep everyone safe and and, and you can retain good talent and and uh, everyone's kind of aligned in interest there and that's what we're seeing it's great we're very proud of what we've accomplished and in in a way we're only getting started yeah and and just thinking that there's another Peru there you say Peru and Ecuador but just thinking there's another Peru with that kind of mineral uh wealth that's basically untapped and waiting for people to to discover that's that's pretty intriguing yes very that's why we're there um it's, yeah. it's a the jurisdiction we know how to navigate we in a, in a way consider ourselves first movers in the precious metal space now oitogo that mine is 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 endowed with with gold too it's so it's actually a, quite a large gold production as well as copper today but that's shipped out of the country in concentrate form today we produce gold and silver bars and sell that directly to the government um and and, and help support the central banks uh both fx and gold reserves so um by doing so it's very hard for people to stop you from growing to the size that we want to get to if you you know you start small and keep growing and doing yeah. things properly uh we become the natural uh partner whether it's uh private assets public assets pub- public companies um or or even government uh, assets we think by doing things properly we'll be the ones who who will build a big a strong pipeline of assets and then down the road when when corporates uh, other gold companies larger ones or even investors want to come into mongolia for precious metals they should think of just step gold where the path yeah that's that's what we're trying to accomplish yeah yeah that that's fantastic um and i i understand that there's some 
um, reemergence of the economy there, and and that it's paramount to Asia's overall precious metals industry. Is that fair to say? It's certainly a, a big player uh, and, and potential to, to Asia. Having China next door, one of the biggest buyers of gold, buyers of yeah. gold companies globally, yeah. uh, certainly plays uh, plays into that. Uh, absolutely. And, and the Asian culture, as, as you know, for thousands of years, it has not changed with even the Bitcoins and all this other stuff, uh, which is not no knock against that. Uh, it's in their, it's ingrained in their culture. They love the, buying gold and even silver. Uh, so it acts as a currency, but it's in, in storage of value, but it's also used for celebrations and, and you know, the weddings and, and other stuff. So that hasn't changed. So yeah. having having the opportunity to produce in their own backyard, it certainly garners a lot of interest. And we're seeing a lot more interest from other Asian investors. And uh, we think we'll play a, a key part. I think we, we will end up being uh, the largest uh, gold producer uh, in the region as we bring our phase two online and hopefully explore and, and extract more. Yeah, and, and I, I know you're relatively new to Mongolia, and I'm, I'm going to um, show my lack of, of knowledge of Mongolia, but how do you find their educational system and hmm. they have universities there for engineering and that, that type of thing? They do, they do. So the, the, there's a couple universities, um, uh, uh, the institutes there in country uh, for 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 mineral uh, extraction, whether it's geology or mining engineering and all that. So there, that's what I was mentioning earlier about the talent pool. It actually exists. There's an education in country that allows you to, to get these, uh, uh, you know, these individuals uh, trained in country. And also in Russia, uh, a lot of these, it's pretty surprising when we bring people to site for visits, they see our staff and all of them speak English or, or most of them do. Some of them are trained in Russia at the other uh, uh, technical institutes there and in, in universities there. And some of them even in Colorado School of Mines. Uh, people are like, oh, wow, right? So um, in-country opportunity exists absolutely to train these te- te- for the technical uh, training on the engineering and, and geology side, but certainly uh, right next door in Russia and, and, and even in the US. So certainly a big talent pool. Exists. Yeah, what an, what an amazing place to find yourself working in with that type oh. of resource of, of personnel and, uh, yeah. and the, the mineral resource as well. Absolutely. It's um, uh, a great place. It's a beautiful country. Um, you know, let's, uh, you know, this, this is uh, a beautiful country that people don't expect to see when they, when they land there. It's just, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's really, it's really, it's really great. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. fantastic. So why would people want to invest in Mongolia's mining industry? Yeah, I, I guess, as I mentioned, it's, it's still relatively untapped as we yeah. see it. There's, yeah. there's, it's, it's like what we believe is like one of the last frontiers, right? The last, uh, you know, I compare it to going to Africa, you know, 30 years ago, 20 years mm. ago, right? Yeah. Uh, obviously, quite the resource is, is the resource wealth there is, is is plenty and still ongoing continuing and that's the opportunity we have here so it's it's getting in earlier on where they have diversification of of commodities so uh you know you're seeing even uh, some battery metal opportunities now in country um uh, which makes sense right being next to china could be could be quite interesting precious metals like we said is uh is, is one of the most liquid markets it's you know it's unlike some other technologies or products you produce in a company we don't need there's no market we have to find we don't need to uh, produce and then find a customer it's a very liquid everything we produce we can sell at a market price the day the day the minute 
we, we, we deliver it, we, we can get paid. Um, you know, that, that's so as much as you can produce is you can, you can sell it. That's, that's, that's obviously a, a great opportunity to be in. Uh, it's a low cost environment. So we can do things quicker and cheaper than most places in the world because you have the logistical and cost advantage of having China next door. Bottom yeah. line, you know, you can get a, a, something made quicker and cheaper and still have quality, not give up the quality. Um, and then, this, and, and just from a, uh, you know, a labor cost, it's, it's obviously cheaper than, than a lot of the other jurisdictions around the world. So that means our margins are higher. And, that, and it doesn't mean we're underpaying. We're actually, we pay higher than market rates to our employees because we want to retain them. And, and uh, so that's obviously an opportunity because then you have a high margin cushion. So uh, for example, for gold, we're in the gold business, gold drops to a thousand dollars. We can still go, we'll still be in business because our margins are, 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 are above, you know, everything above $800, we make money. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so you know, now we're at $1,800 gold. So you have a nice margin and, and, and I think that's only going to grow as, as we scale up. So, um, you know, for, for, for people who, I guess, um, you know, are willing to go other jurisdictions, I think in Mongolia, if you do things properly, like with the opportunity is, is vast, but if you do things properly, we can get things done quicker than any jurisdiction. So for what we've accomplished in the last two to three years, you know, may have taken us a decade in Canada, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, right, right, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. But tell us about the operations. They surface underground, is it milling? Is there heap leaching or, or yeah. how, how does all so, that work? Yeah, exactly. So when we bought this project, uh, Sentara Gold has spent just about 30 million US on the project, drilled it and got a fully permitted and licensed for a heap leach. A CIL plant and a flotation circuit. So, hmm. you know, what, what that was all, you know, b- building it all at once for a couple hundred million bucks. We took a phase approach, yeah, built just the heap leach. So that's the mm-hmm. oxidized material, yeah, from surface down to 40 meters. So it's a, uh, which is which is great, right? So it's low hanging fruit. So it's yeah. lower capital requirements to get established. It's uh, easy to get to because it's from surface and shallow open pit to about 40 meters is the maximum depth mm-hmm. of the oxygen. Yeah. So what we do yeah. is build the heap leach. So we're currently leaching. That's our next couple of years of production. And the leach, that was only, the intention for that was to get a base, to get established, and to generate some cash flow to control our own our own destiny of growth here, or not rely always on the capital markets because they're not always there. They're there now, but they weren't there for us when we, when we needed the money, actually. It's funny enough, now that we don't need it, uh, it's, it's plentiful of uh, capital. But the, the phase two will be uh, flotation circuits, most probably a CIL plant, uh, adding another fixed uh, crushing circuit, uh, a tailings facility, upgrading the power, upgrading the camp to, to 400 person versus the 200 today. Well, well, um, yep. Yeah. So yeah. So that will be the where you're adding the milling component and, and all that good, all that jazz. Uh, that will also be open pit, probably for the first. I don't know exact. We're, we're completing that revised feasibility study as we speak. It should be out in the next uh, six weeks, I would say. Hopefully. Mm-hmm by mid-September, I think, uh, yeah. time frame. Mm-hmm. So we'll know how much it costs to expand in phase two, what it looks like. So maybe it's open pit to 300 meters for the first five, seven years, and then yeah. we'll the ground into the higher grade shoots. But it'll still start as open pit. So that means, again, uh, more economical, easier to get to, lower strip ratios. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, even, so it's, it's uh, by taking the phase approach, it's, we've, we've helped de-risk um, actually the opportunity. And, and then... The much the, the real opportunity is the phase two. That's why we're there to have a yeah, you know, ten year yeah. mine life at over a hundred thousand ounces a year that will continue to extend, and that hundred thousand ounces a year will generate 
two to three times the EBITDA that we're generating today on the small heat bleach, which is still 25 to 40 million US, you know, depending on low pricing. So, you know, pretty, pretty good opportunity for, for a small cap company. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's strange how often you hear people with the mindset of go big or go home. Yeah. And, you know, just to have a, what I call a starter project makes a lot of sense. Sometimes you may not get the huge early payback, yep. but you, you can finance the overall project with the, what I call a starter project that way. Exactly. And you, you control that growth and, and you're building a sustainable business that ultimately we do believe just one of these deposits, uh, this footprint where we have the ATO project, you know, it's at 2.45 million ounces today, only down to 400 meters, which means we can drill still at depth, still on the strike and step out for some discovery dr drilling. So we think this could be a three to five million ounce deposit. So like you said, go big, we can go there, but yeah. we'll go there without diluting, continue to dilute uh, just by drilling holes and then going back to the market to hope to get to that size. If we get there, we get there. If not, we still will have a 10, 20 year mine life generating a lot of capital that we can return to investors, you know, create a liquidity event. If we don't get taken out, you can return that through a dividend policy, a share buyback. So we're, we're creative because we're owners of the business too. So we're aligned with our, with, with, with all our investors that we want the best execution here. And that's why we didn't go big right out of the gate. We still think we will be big, but uh, we'll take, we'll take our time and, and do it properly. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of $5 billion capital projects that are stalled and they'll probably be stalled for a long, long time unless they have a different approach with something that's a, a little bit more modest than telling investors they need $5 billion. And yeah. now that's probably $7 billion. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'm curious how Step Gold plans to take part in the emerging third wave green revolution. Yeah, so um, yeah, this, this green revolution is, is certainly real. Uh, I would say because COVID yeah. has certainly expedited that. It was, mm -hmm, it was mm -hmm. in the background, but uh, now that we're gonna you're gonna have a lot more spending on infrastructure, uh, electric vehicles are real. They're here to stay. They're mandated by governments now. A lot has changed in the last decade. Um, so, you know, for STEP, I think for us, um, you know, we're not in the copper business, we're not in the lithium business, so we don't have any battery metal, metal uh, opportunities within the vehicle. We have a sister company using our relationships. We have set up uh, another vehicle called uh, Ion Energy, which is a lithium, the first lithium brine exploration project in Mongolia ever. Hmm. Hmm. So we've used our relationships by doing what we're doing with STEP to actually set up a, a sister company. So that's that's one, one way to get exposure. And then second, um, as we advance our, our phase two expansion, we're certainly looking at uh, renewable sources of power. Uh, we are on the Mongolian step. Uh, so we yeah. are doing a wind study. There's no guarantee that wind could make sense, but you know, it, maybe it's a nice add-on if you yeah. can't rely on it, but it could be a toggle potentially at some point because there's already an operating wind farm in the Gobi Desert in the south uh, of Mongolia already at 50 megawatts. So uh, we, we've certainly looked at that and we've looked at solar as well and seeing if there's other ways to uh, you know, uh, extract energy, uh, to store it on site through solar. Which So we're looking into all that as well. It, it will still take a couple of years to implement, but yeah. that, that's that's the way we're, we're, we're looking at that. It's become, uh, you know, to, to utilize green where we can in terms of uh, renewable energy sources um, for power. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's, yep. that's and, great. Uh, I should have asked you about your heap leach facility. Are you able to load and leach that through the year? 
Yes. Yeah, so um, you can. Now, Mongolia gets very cold over the winter period. Mm-hmm. So this, this first year of production, we, we did not leach uh, for the first quarter because it was minus 40. Uh, COVID is a real, very real still. So you have procurement delays. You don't want to, you want to waste reagents. If your recovery is going to be so low, save them for the spring and summer months, right? Until you get yeah. the next batch, which is yeah. happening as we speak. So we don't want to, we don't want to do that. Plus we didn't have our boiler room, uh, boiler house and it's fully installed, which actually heats the solution. So oh, yeah. the exothermic uh, reaction that you get that generates heat on the, on the, on the pad, you actually can heat the solution as well. Uh, and that will help improve recoveries. So our goal is this year, we will ru- we'll run it through the winter. So we will run all year round, like for the next 12 months. Uh, so you can, yes. Uh, we just we just didn't want to, we didn't want to risk it the first year ever uh, during startup and ramp up in a, in a, in a very difficult environment, uh, as you can imagine. Yeah. So, so it's not like you lose ounces, you just defer them, right? That's all that happens, right? You, you end up yeah. getting them later. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And I'm certainly no expert on Arctic mining, but I know of at least one heat leaching operation where they bury their drippers with, let's let's just say a meter of material so that the, it's got the insulation and that's they right. can still operate through the winter. So, yeah, yeah, Fort Knox, uh, Fort Knox yeah, yeah. operates like that. And yeah. uh, it just so happens that uh, uh, on our board, we have Steve Haggerty, who uh, used to be at Barrett Gold and is a, is a world-renowned heat leach expert and world-renowned cold weather heat leach expert. So he worked, he's, he's worked at some of those projects in the Yukon and in Alaska. So we've certainly gotten good, great guidance from him as well as we, as we proceed. Uh, it's just, you know, uh, this first year didn't make sense, but that's, that's probably exactly what we're doing. Uh, I've already heard, you know, about the, the drip tab is being, being, being put in there. And, and, and like you said, insulated yeah. by the ore there. Yeah. 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 Well, it, it's interesting to me that you come from a finance background and, and that you're able to operate in the mining industry, but but you had some good exposure to that when you were with the finance industry. Yeah, exactly. But I think more importantly is we have we have the technical experts on the team. Matt Wood, our, our executive chairman, is a geologist. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so he knows uh, he's got a very good view. He's built companies globally. Uh, so that having him, technically, we have a very strong exploration team in country uh, with Inky and his exploration team. They work well together. And like I said, we have uh, very good engineers in country, mining engineers, and uh, as well as geologists in country. So certainly we've, we've added the, the, the technical aspect. That's not me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. That's great. Uh, sounds like the future is pretty bright for Step Gold. Yeah, no, we're, we're quite excited. We're very excited. Uh, like I said, uh, it's, it's, it's been a, I'd say a tough few years, but now that we've yeah. built our place, it's, it's only gets, it'll be a lot, lot quicker to grow uh, the next few years. Uh, and we're very excited for that part uh, now that we've kind of executed and established ourselves. So we're, we're quite excited. Yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah, Neil, I appreciate you coming on with me today. I know you're a busy guy, so I won't uh, keep you much longer, but I was, I was wondering if you've got any key takeaways or pearls of wisdom to leave us with. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, you know, wisdom, you can take it with a grain of salt, but uh, <laughs> I would say, you know, now that I've become, you know, a real, a real entrepreneur with our with my colleagues, I think, you know, any, any entrepreneur out there in any business, you, you know, persistence certainly pays off. Uh, there's a lot of ups and downs. Uh, when you're building a, a business um, and it doesn't get easy sometimes but there's always uh, you know that hard work is, is getting through those tough times you really get to enjoy the good times and, and, and you can get there so I, that I would say persistence persist through yeah. the, the worst times and it, it gets better 
yeah if if there really is a prize then keep your eye on the prize exactly there yeah. you go yeah absolutely yeah and Neil, again i really appreciate you coming on i know you're busy and uh, i'll let you get back to your work day because I, I know you've got a lot of a lot of balls in the air <laughs> thank you very much uh, uh for taking the time to, to hear a bit more about step gold really appreciate it yeah no my pleasure my pleasure for sure Well, that's it. I'm Brian, and this is Behind the Scenes with Brian. Until next time, keep on rockin'.